Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Time once again for a short visit and conversation on another topic of legal concern. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, your host for our weekly get-together where matters of law serve as our focal point and where casual but informative conversation is our goal. Uh, If uh, you have been a follower of our series over the last few years, you know that some topics may be a bit more complex than others. And today we'll be turning our attention back to a family law issue, which may be one of those which really requires some thought and evaluation is we're going to discuss scenarios in which a divorced parent uh, potentially takes his or her children out of state. So joining me to provide guidance and the appropriate legal perspective is attorney Janae Pequeno of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, Janae joined the firm earlier this year. He's been with us uh, on previous podcasts. And so I would like to take this moment and say, Janae, welcome back. Nice to have you with us. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. Uh, looking forward to getting this uh, this topic out to people. Uh, it's one of the most scary things that could ever happen to a parent is just the you know the loss of a child and, and possibly crossing state lines as well. Yeah, very frightening and and yet uh, you know a bit too real. I'm afraid if you if you follow headlines, it does it does happen from time to time. So let's talk about it now as a sort of a precursor to the topic. Can you just dial back and give us a quick primer on? I use the word normal if there is such a thing, custody agreements and and how they might be established regarding where a parent can take a child that's normally part of of what gets covered when you work with parents in these situations? Sure. Normally, um, if both or if one of the parties is represented, there should be something, uh, some phrase and terminology in in the custody agreement and the judgment which says that neither party shall move with the child to establish residency in another state without written permission of the other parent or through a proper petition uh, filed with the court and granted an order from the court to to do such a thing. So, but it, I mean this thing can also happen while couples are together, Jim. You know, sometimes parties may be, you know, on the uh on the fritz, but nobody's really even filed a divorce yet and one day, you know, the guy comes home, you know, to an empty house and doesn't, you know, next thing he knows, his kids are calling him from another state. So, mm. not just okay. divorce, but it's it's easily handled, um, more easily handled within the divorce. Interesting. Okay, that's a great perspective, and I hadn't even considered that. So, so let's let's kind of talk about the scenario in which a parent potentially is starting to have concerns that um, uh, this may be a potential situation for whatever reason. They start to get a sense that. Um, um, their spouse is is perhaps doing some planning or thinking about some things that that would create the situation. If if someone starts to have that sense, if they begin to feel that um, something may be coming, what what do you suggest they do? How do you try and prevent that from happening in the first place? Well, you have to be proactive, you know, and you, and you really have to spot the warning signs. And you can't you can't let your uh, you can't give this other person the benefit of the doubt. That's the fastest way to, you know, to become a, you know, just a target looking for an arrow. You know, it's just one of the fastest ways that uh, if you you ignore warning signs such as, um, 
you know, this other person may have family in Florida or family in New York or California, and um, you know they've they've been spending a lot of time uh, talking, you know, to their parents or their relative and going online, um, looking at different kind of things. You can see maybe like a, the web browser history, um, uh, some maybe even some email communications like, hey, you know, uh, I'd like to. You know, what do you think about moving to to Florida or whatever? If, you know, if I'm if I move with the kids, would you be open to that? So sometimes people kind of tip their hand without really coming out and saying directly what they're planning on doing. Um, and it's it's sometimes it's as obvious as that. You know, what what would you do? What do you, what would you think if I moved with the kids to Florida? Um, that should be a big red flag that people take into consideration, um, especially if there's family over there. Now, if there's no family in these other states, Jim, you know, one of the other concerns is, you know, what, uh, you know, sometimes people get uh, in online dating sites and then they move, you know, to another state without even knowing the person, you know, that long. So that's another, given given the Internet age that we live in mm-hmm. and the uh, frequency of uh, online relationships, I mean, uh, the Internet doesn't know any state boundaries, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you just have to be proactive. Yeah, and that's a circumstance we, again, we've all seen and heard about uh, certainly in recent years. Now, I I do want to talk about some of the details here, and and as you said, you you can't give the other person the benefit of the doubt. You have to be very cautious. At the same time, you know, I don't want anyone listening to get too too wound up and start to become suspicious right away. I assume that there are some circumstances where it's it's okay for a parent to take the the kids. for some period of time, and you know whether it's in a, an existing marriage or in a divorce where there is custody. I mean, vacations, other things. So um, there are certain elements, I assume, within the law that says it's okay. Right in the normal divorce decree, uh, there should be listed in there um, out-of-state provisions. You know, that's something that that we have. Uh, you know, taken into consideration, it's very frequent. Even going to the Wisconsin Dells for an extended period of time would fall under something like a like a out of state vacation per, per provision parameter in the divorce decree. So, it is it is possible. Uh, and if you don't, if, if people do not have that in their divorce decrees, um, that's something that they could always go back and request from the court later, whenever whenever the, the situation arose. So if there was um, like a family vacation down to Florida, but their divorce decree uh, was written in, in haste or it wasn't written by an attorney and they just got something off the Internet, then it, it's something that if the other party is objecting, then they need to go to court and they need to get the permission to to go out there to Florida and enjoy the, the vacation, spring break, whatever it may be, summertime. So it, no, there there are times when it's perfectly legitimate to go. We're talking about when, you know, the person's transferred the kid to school, you know, and enrolled the kids in another school, uh, sought uh, a lease or an apartment or even purchased a home or is living with a new person in their home. So that's that's the kind of situation we're talking about where it's a permanent uh, removal. And, And you can petition the court for that, too. I'm not saying that it's impossible to get, but if the other side, if the other parent of your child is not on board with that, then the the proper form in the, is the courtroom, and the proper petition is one to to for leave to remove the child to that other state. 
Well, we're, uh, we're having a conversation with Attorney Jeanette Pequeno of Lavelle Law Limited today. He's uh, a member of the family law practice at the firm and talking about situations in which uh, children are taken out of state uh, by one parent and uh, with the intention of a, a permanent residency without the, the approval of the other parent. Now, in addition to taking time to participate in our podcast, uh, Jeanette has also authored several articles recently. You can find those at lavellelaw.com. If you just click on the resources tab, you'll, you'll find articles by all the attorneys there, uh, as well as a complete archive of all of our past podcasts. So you can you can get caught up on those as well. And the attorneys attorney profiles tab leads you to an introduction of, of all the attorneys at Lavelle Law who uh, are regular contributors here. Now let's get to that situation, Janae, where children are in fact taken out of state without permission. Um, obviously, there's a wrongful situation here. What rights? does that remaining parent have now to remedy the situation? How do they go about um, taking action? Well, let, let's go with the more difficult route first. Um, okay. the, the, parent, the parents are not married. They only live together. And, um, you know, and, and they never had the birth certificate in their possession. The one parent took all the documents. And so in order for the court to give you standing, well, it's a legal position to come and request relief from the court. So in order for them to give you standing, you have to show the court that you are actually, you know, a birth parent um, of this child. You know, some people have the birth certificate, some people do not. Some people have a document that they sign at the hospital called the Voluntary Acknowledgement of Paternity. Um, any of those things would, would should be sufficient for the court to uh, to determine that. What is more difficult is when those documents do not exist and, you know, you have to establish that you're the parent first and foremost. And so that's that's quite a bit more difficult, but one has to go into court um, and immediately file that petition to determine the parent-child relationship. And then once that's uh, hammered out and hashed out, the court can, you know, go about the second step in, in returning the child to Illinois. Now... We can get the child back. We don't necessarily care about the other parent. There's no, there's no law that says uh, an adult has to live, you know, who, who's of sound mind, that an adult has to live wherever the other person wants them to. So it, it would basically, once that order is entered saying the child should return to Illinois, it's going to be the parents uh, who, who left. It's going to be their decision to see if they want to come back to Illinois or not. If not, then... They're basically giving their kid up right on the spot. If they do come back, then it can become a big custody battle. The yeah, other situation is when. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Let's let you finish up. Go ahead. The other situation is when parents are married. There's the presumption that they are the uh, biological parent, and then we go forward with that. And it depends on if the the child is being concealed. If the child is being concealed, that adds another element under Illinois law where we could possibly get an order of protection, but we cer certainly should seek one. And then that would just, um, in, in interstate cases, you would have to probably use the assistance of local counsel. So it's it's like you have an attorney here in Illinois, and then you have an attorney in the county wherever this other parent left. So it's it can, can start to get expensive, and it, it can definitely be nerve-wracking. But you also need to have a good attorney in the other, in the other state because not everybody uh, knows how to do these interstate um, custody fights. And I imagine this gets even more complex if, in fact, 
the parent has taken the children out of the country. Yeah, then it invokes uh, uh, interstate uh, it's a treaty. It's called the Hague Convention uh, Against Child Abduction. And so you, you have time limits. Um, you know, you have to file uh, the Hague application within one year time. But then it, it overlaps onto state law. And state law says if the child has been out of the country or out of the state for more than six months, that other... Um, that other place would have jurisdiction. So you kind of have a little bit more freedom with the, with the international treaty, but if you don't do something here, you kind of lose the state jurisdiction. So it's it's a conundrum for a parent to be in. The best and safest and most practical advice would be to do something immediately once you see that the return is permanent or that the, that the return is not going to happen. So, and that, that was going to be um, my next question here, with just real quick, because we've got a minute or so left. Just to reiterate what you just said, any time you're in this situation, this is something that needs to be addressed immediately. There shouldn't really be any delay whatsoever. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing in anybody's life should be their child, and to have them, uh, you know, run out to another country or to another state uh, would totally affect their uh, their their schooling their friends, the relationship that they've established, and even the relationship with the parent who stayed behind. I mean, it might not be their choice. So, uh, I mean, it would totally change the uh, trajectory and, and the history of their childhood memories, and, and just even if they thought their one parent abandoned them or not, whether you know whether it was by choice or not. It definitely causes a lot of psychological issues with kids who, who don't have that parent. Well, um, really, as I said at the very beginning, this is a fairly complex scenario and, and one which uh, I think, uh, as you just heard, we could start to get into more and more detail on, but as usual, time does not allow for that to happen today. So I want to thank uh, Janae Pequeno for being with us. Uh, again, Janae is with Lavelle Law Limited. You can find more information on this and many other topics at lavellelaw.com. Uh, we always appreciate uh, the attorneys there for taking the time to provide their input and assistance on a number of topics like this one, which are very, very important. And we uh, certainly appreciate all of you taking the time to listen. We uh, appreciate your time as well and look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847 705 7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.